The job. The stress. We are, there is an active shooter working at Douglas. Multiple gunshots are being fired. Politics. Politics. Pressure. Pressure. Get out of here. We got a guy with a long rifle. We don't know where the hell he's at. Fear. Survival. Control 765, I need the radio for a minute. Be advised, we are taking fire from a very high floor. We believe it's possibly coming from the Mandalay Bay. And we get it. And we have to do better. The truth behind the badge. Presented by the Team South Florida Law Enforcement Charity. Good morning. Rich from Team South Florida again. This one's going to be a little bit quicker than some of our last ones. Let's just try to add Officer Autumn. Hi, I'm here. He is. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. You had a busy morning. I've had a really busy morning. My husband, we just did um, a canine demo because he's a canine handler for the Maine State Police. So we were just out doing an hour-long canine demo, actually. Hi. <laughs> Well, thank you for making some time. We've been talking about a lot of hard topics lately, some controversy lately. I want to focus on something really positive, and I want to focus on something that you recently posted that really struck me a little bit. Okay. You said no one is coming to save you save for, from the job. You have to save yourself, basically, right? Yes. You want to uh, elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, basically. So here's the deal. So. Um, if you guys are brand new to me, my name is Autumn. Um, thank you so much for having me on, Rich. It's really nice to be here. So um, I was a police officer since I've been 20 years old. But when I turned 27, and Rich, you know this, um, I suffered a career-ending injury, okay? I don't have a cool story. It's not a cool injury. It's nothing like that. It's literally one that most first responders actually have, especially police officers. It's a back injury. Um, and, you know, Ever since then, what I've been doing is I'm a life coach for first responders. And so from my experience, as well as coaching, um, you know, hundreds of first responders from all around the world, you know, the consensus is, you know, we just feel extremely unsupported. And what you have to understand is it's unsupported from our administration. It's not, I mean, obviously there's a lot going on in the public, but what people a lot of like people in the public they kind of think that we have this brother and sisterhood behind the scenes but the truth is is that there's a lot of places where we really don't have that right and what happens is the job eats us up if we're not careful the job will eat us up mentally emotionally spiritually it'll rob you from your personal life it'll rob you from your happiness um you know because what what people need to understand is you know we are going consistently multiple times a day to people's worst days ever. And so when you are doing that consistently, 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 and yet there's no support from, let's say, your supervisors, your coworkers, your administration to be like, hey, we're going to we're going to help you to, you know, we're going to help you to, um, you know, to be. I don't know, a more emotionally stable. We're going to give you tools to, you know, have, be more resilient. We're going to do these things. We're going to give you the time off. We're not going to jam you up the ass for every possible thing. You know, when, when we have supportive administrations, it lasts. But the deal is, is we can't rely on our administrations, our agencies to do all of that for us. So we as first responders, 
we have to take it into our own hands. We have to, we have to take that initiative and we just have to save ourselves. I love it. And I apologize for not offering the introduction. I'm glad you took the time to introduce yourself. I'm sure most of our supporters know you already. Uh, we, we love what you're about. We love your posts and everything. So couldn't agree more with you. And it's much easier when you're in an agency where you have that support, you have that excellent leadership. Unfortunately, that does vary. I wanted to focus on a positive. So if I titled this episode anything, it'd be one word, mindset. Mm. And I just want to take a minute on each example. I've got five examples of people that we've recently spoken with. We've, I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that we've got some people that reach out to us from time to time and we're able to help some people just like you with the life coaching and everything. Yes. So the five examples are, we've got somebody that decided to retire. We've got somebody that decided to transfer stations. We've got somebody that decided to focus on positivity only because they're unable to transfer stations. We've got somebody that transferred agencies altogether. And then the last one, I tried to talk him out of it and he didn't listen to me. He's convinced he's got more in the tank. So he decided, after his retirement, he decided to start over again in a different state with law enforcement. <laughs> so let's go through the first one real quick, all right? Yeah. This officer decided that he wanted to retire. It was too much for him. The stress was eating him up. And he had a really, really solid family foundation at home. The job was taking too much away from him and his family. So he decides to focus on his family. He got a, a job in the private sector that has absolutely nothing to do with law enforcement. And yep. there's nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing. He and his family are very happy now. Yeah. And, and you know, and the thing is, Rich, is here, here's the deal with that is we have to, this officer clearly knew what um, his priorities, his or her priorities were. Okay. Because this, and this is something I, I, you know, any first responder listening to me, listen and listen very fucking carefully. Okay. Is we get sucked in the job becomes all consuming right from the get-go right from the moment we start we are in the academy and it is like it is the coolest thing and you know we we literally transform and become this person and meanwhile we can very easily lose who we are our sense of self our priorities okay so i just want to put in there like that officer in my opinion did exactly what some people need to do right they put you know they they prioritize and and sometimes you can prioritize and not get done the job but sometimes what people need to understand is sometimes you know you've been in the job and you're soured you're done you put your time in you've served okay be done even if it's three years you're done know when you need to hang the belt up because when you hang the belt up it, you know, let's put it this way. Sorry, I'm going to retract that. No one to hang the belt up, right? Because nobody wants to, nobody wants to friggin', you're not doing the community any good if you're a burned out, salty fucking officer out there, you know, on the streets, right? That What good is doing any, that's not doing anybody any good. Yourself, the family, the community, your agency, it's not doing anybody any good. You got to know when to hang the belt up. That officer clearly did. Very self-aware. Right. And I, I couldn't be any happier. They actually shared with us, they missed a couple of birthdays. And after the early retirement, we'll call it, they were able to attend the birthdays. That's priceless. Amazing. Right. All right. Number two, this officer or deputy, uh, more appropriately, was able to transfer districts 
So some people say station, some people say precinct, some people say district, whatever it is, this is usually easier at larger agencies. It's a lot harder at smaller agencies. With the larger agencies, you can put in a transfer, so to speak, and try to get to a new station, new area of responsibility. It's not necessarily for those listening, a promotion to say the detective bureau, something like that, just transferring to a new station. I cannot tell you how happy I am personally because this person, this law enforcement officer was really just struggling to stay motivated and happy. And the job was eating at them. Mm-hmm. They transferred. And I don't know if it's a combination. It's probably a combination, but they've got new leadership. Mm-hmm. It's a new environment. Mm-hmm. It's a new squad of coworkers. They're like a different person. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, Autumn, it's, it's only been a few months. They mm-hmm. are like an entirely different person. And that's what it is, though. That's what it is. So happy. So happy. Yeah. And it's, and to me, I'm going to tell you again, this goes back to being self-aware enough to know I'm miserable. What are my options? So many times what we do, and I've done this as first responders, and maybe you can relate to this. What do we do? We pull up car to car, just like this, and we just bitch and we'll do it for months and hell years on end. And there's no, there's no reprieve and there's no solution. But this is part of like what I was saying. No one's coming to save you, right? No one's going to go, okay, Autumn's miserable. And now I'm going to, I'm going to make things better for her. I'm going to pluck her here and put her there. No one's going to do that. No one's doing that. No one's looking out for me. I have to look out for me. And it sounds awful. You know, our creator is looking out for us. I believe that. But I'm just saying like, we have to take that, you know, initial action so bravo for that officer being self-aware enough to know hey this sucks but i'm gonna take action and that came from mindset an optimistic mindset we struggle with that as first responders i will tell you you'll be happy to hear that was one of your female law enforcement officers i'm very happy to hear that (laughs) all right the third one smaller agencies very very difficult to do this there are some agencies that don't have stations and precincts and districts and you only have the one station, for example, um, I we actually did a podcast last year with some officer from New Hampshire. He was one of, I think, five or six officers on the whole force. Yeah. So this officer was unable to do any sort of transfer, gave up on testing, became very, very frustrated because they felt that they had the experience, had the credentials, had the training. And were worthy of a promotion to the detective bureau. After putting in twice, they became very, very frustrated when other people got the position, whether for political reasons or not, to each their own. We don't know. We won't speculate. But what they did was instead of being so bitter, so negative, and so shut down, mm-hmm. they decided to limit their interaction with the gossip crowd, the clique that just does nothing but bitch and moan and complain. Mm-hmm. Rather, their circle shrunk from say 10 to 15 to 20 officers to two, three, four or five officers. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned car to car, instead Mm -hmm. of talking about the bad and complaining, Mm -hmm. now they're focusing on the positive. They're focusing on their outside the job life. They're Mm -hmm. limiting their social media. They actually deleted. I I actually told them, I said, hey, check out this Instagram we're gonna do today. We're gonna talk about your incident without mentioning you. And he goes, damn, I wish I could, but I deleted my Instagram. They, uh, they literally deleted social media. They limited their news interaction and what they're allowing to come into their lives. Mm. So 
you know, to your point earlier where no one's coming to save you from the job, it's on you. They're in a tough spot. They can't transfer like the other officer did. They took it upon themselves. What do you say about that? I mean, I'm happy they're happier now. Yeah, it's innovative, right? It's very innovative. Again, it's it's that self-awareness, that mindset of, so am I gonna, am I gonna just let, like, here, here's the thing is you have to become self-aware enough to know it, what it is that you want. Do you need to get out of the job? Like we discussed that first officer, like, is that what you need? And I, and I think that's really important, you guys. And I think, I think that we all have to look in the mirror and ask ourselves that question. I think multiple times throughout our careers. I don't, I don't really think it's just one time or after one incident or whatever. I think what we need to be doing is constantly being self-evaluating. People don't understand. I mean, this job chews you up, spits you out. That's what this job does. As a first responder, what are you doing? You're on the front lines and you're constantly responding, right? We are constantly giving, 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 giving. Remember, we cannot pour from an empty cup. Very important. I say that to my first responders constantly. If you do not put yourself first, and it sounds selfish, but you need to be selfish, and then it goes for your family because you have to be have a full cup to be able to pour. And you're as a first responder, we're pouring in so many different directions: our family, our personal life, right, our friends, and then we and we have the job and our coworkers. We want to show up and we want to be the best backup possible, right? And then we want to be the best officers out on the road, and so. I think that what's really important is being able to just say, you know what, I can't, like, I'm miserable. Okay, so why am I miserable? Let me get to the root cause of why I'm miserable. Number one, so important. A lot of times it looks like it's the supervisor and it looks like it's this thing. But what's the truth? What is the truth? Why are we miserable? Let's get there. That's what this officer did. And then this officer was like, hey, all right you know, social media is driving me nuts. It's bringing me down. I can't, I can't be dealing with the social media. Some of us can, some of us can't. It depends. Okay. And, um, Hey Kay. And so I think that's really important, but I, again, I just, I mean, I, I think that it's just that self-aware, you know, and, and changing your mindset and, and, you know, distancing yourself from the negative car to car, becoming a witness when you can not be so involved in the inner politics and the inner shit in your agency and you can take a step back and go wow my sergeant's really burned out wow th- my my coworkers are fucking burned out holy shit everyone's stressed out but it looks like they're like humor like they're so funny all the time like they always have a joke that's what it looks like it looks like you know, they're assholes and they're crabby and they're short, but actually they're stressed out. And when you can become the witness to that, then you can make, I I believe then you are going to have a much clearer mindset to be able to make decisions like that. What do you think, Rich? What do you think about it? I love everything you said. I love that. And I found myself kind of saying something similar without using the same uh, analogy that you did, where you you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. I've been saying to a lot of people, you can only give so much and how much can you keep giving? Right. And I think it's a very similar analogy. Every agency is going to have some amount of politics, some amount of mm-hmm. negativity. And I just I, I would echo exactly what you just said. When you start to consume yourself with things that are outside of your control. I mean, listen, let's be blunt. And, yeah. and some people have called me for saying this, but I'm going to say it like it is. There are some agencies that have corruption. Yeah. There are some agencies that turn a blind eye yeah. to certain things. If that is where you work, and that's outside of your control, mm-hmm. you need to focus on yourself. You need to focus on the positivity. You need to get the job done and move on. Absolutely. So I, I love that that officer was able to do that. 
Um, there, there was another officer. The, the fourth one was somebody transferred agencies altogether. They worked for a smaller agency. And perhaps the last statement I made about working in a corrupt place, if you, if you can start over, mm-hmm. this person switched from a small agency to a larger agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be, I'll be honest, it, it was in Florida. They went from a police department to a sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. The size difference from a small police department to a large sheriff's office allowed them new opportunities. They quickly advanced. They have never been happier. Yeah. I mean, I've done that. I've had to move agencies. And I'll tell you right now, sometimes it's the best thing that we can possibly do. You know? Yeah. I would caution people that the grass is not always greener. But at the same time, time, I would say it's really up to us. It's so easy to become bitter and upset. And it really is up to us to focus on the positive. I agree. Totally. The fifth and final one was the officer with more in the tank. And yes, this guy surprises me. I got to tell you, I tried every which way. I told this guy, I said, man, you worked for 20 years. You yeah. gave your life. You, you dedicated service. You answered the calls. You did all this stuff. This person worked a whole career and they made it. They didn't get, you know, critically something bad happened to them. They survived. And yeah. now what do they do? They switch to another agency. They start over again. Well, because you have to understand some people... They live, you know, what's this person's, what's this person's personal life like? Do you know? So I will tell you, they, they have a solid family foundation. I just can't see that this is not taking a toll on that family. But he put it blunt. He said he's got more in the tank. He doesn't need the job and he enjoys what he does. So when he has two back-to-back bad days, he will hang it up and leave. And you know what? Honestly, sounds like he's got a good mindset, a good perspective. Look, I mean, sometimes, you know, once you become a cop, you don't really want to go do anything else. Like, you know, sometimes that's how it is. Sometimes that's how we look at it. You know what I'm saying? So maybe that's how this this person is looking at it. Like, fuck that. I'm not going to go do anything else. This is what I've known. I've put 25 years in. Like, I'm going to go, you know, be a boots on the ground and and, uh, do it again. And I don't know. I mean, if they've got the right mindset, Rich, I think that's okay. What do you think? I tried to talk them out of it. I tried to talk them out of it just because this day and age, and I don't want to go down this road, but I'm going to say you're one call away from your whole entire life being ruined, whether you do everything correctly by the book, legally, morally, and ethically, you'll be one call away. So I don't see why you'd put yourself in that situation. But I agree. I won't take more of your time up, but just to close this off a little bit, I'll give you, uh, you know, any last words, anything you want to share about what you're doing, your, yourself, your own situation and everything, and uh, the, the mindset that we focused on today. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, I just want to obviously thank, thank you for having me come on and um, thank everybody who's been here listening, even if you just listen for a minute or two. Um, I am, what I'm doing is a little unique. I haven't really met anybody else doing what I do. Um, I am still a police officer. I still have my credentials. I work part-time in Maine now. I'm just not full-time. But what I'm doing for for my full-time is um, I am out here and I am coaching 
first responders, but I'm also what I've recently been doing rich and it's been uh, amazing is I'm actually certifying people who want to coach first responders. And the reason why that's important is because nobody knows us like we know us and there's a bad stigma going and getting help, you know, seeing a counselor or psychologist and we do not replace that. Okay. And I will be honest, I've seen counselors and I love them and there's definitely a place. And I just want to say that to everybody, but a coach is, um, you have a coach, not because you're fucked up or feeling fucked up. You have a coach because you you want to go to your next steps. You you have a coach because you want to be better. Does that make sense? So makes, it makes complete sense. And it goes back to your quote about it's on us to save us from the job. Nobody's going to save you. So that would be an example of taking action yourself. A hundred percent. That's, that's right. And, um, absolutely. And so that's what I'm doing. And if, you know, if anybody feels like you want to binge, I've got tons of free content. I have a podcast called changing the culture. If uh, you enjoy, you know, opening up your Instagram and, and seeing inspirational quotes and, uh, ways that you can, um, pretty much unfuck your head, <laughs> then come and hang out with me. That's really what I'm, that's really what I'm good at. And, um, and again, I just really appreciate you, Rich. And we'll have to do this again. We'll have to come up with like some different topics and just, you know, kind of just randomly go off on them together. That will be fun. I welcome it. Uh, I was against the whole Instagram live thing for a while, actually. And then I started doing them and uh, they've been very interesting. Sometimes the comments are very interesting. Sometimes when we do the controversial topics, we literally just go off of what comes up in the comments. But I wanted to take the time on this one. And I, I love the timing of your post. Sometimes things happen for a reason. Yeah. Your post with the timing, everything was just aligned. And I, I wanted to share at this particular time when so many of us are struggling in this profession, mm. just, just the negativity and it's just so difficult for some. Five situations, five examples, five separate police officers, law enforcement officers, deputies with five entirely different situations and they made it. And the bottom line is they yeah. are now happy, all five of them. Exactly. And they all did this and they all took a different, um, approach. Yes. I think that's what's really important. And I'll be honest, that's why we have a coach. <laughs> that's why you should have a coach. But even if you don't have a coach, you know, you can, you can still benefit from the content. And that's why like the mindset is just so important. Um, you know, people, we talk mindset and everybody thinks that what we're talking about, Rich, is the warrior's mindset, right? When we're in law enforcement, oh, the, it's the warrior's mindset. No, fuck no. I want you to su survive the job on duty, but I'm also highly concerned about you, you know, surviving the job off duty as well. You know what Absol I'm saying? Absolutely. Hey, before we wrap this up, Doc is joining us. Hey, Doc. <laughs> Hello there. I'm so glad I caught your live. I, I'm so impressed and thrilled to hear about um, her um, coaching plan and encouraging other first responders to take good care of themselves and offering to assist. We need you and we need more of you. Please go forth and train more people to do what you do. Seriously, because the stigma is still real. The guys and gals don't want to come to me because no. I'm the therapist and they're like, ah, I don't want to go to the shrink, you know, but I preach what you do, but you can reach them better than I can. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I do appreciate that. And, but I will say this and for everybody listening, there's always, you know, how there's a, such a place for you and what you do and we, and we need you too. And so I just think, I think it's cool that we are working together. I think it's nice to be put around people who are doing the same thing. You know what I'm saying? 
Oh, yes. Oh, so much. And, and, you know, I, I think Rich for his support, you know, and checking on me and going, how are you doing? And yes. whoa, I've had some struggling days. And I too had to step back from the job two years ago, had to go part time. And um, I'm only now able to ramp up a little bit more. The California Highway Patrol has been hammered with um, OISs and I've been called to help and thankfully I'm in a much better place to do that because I took that two-year step back take care of my own sleep take care of my own nutrition take care of my own positive vibes you know yeah. all of that stuff and seek my own help because I was burned the fuck out so, you, so, so you, I'm thankful you listen to Autumn's advice it's on us to save us Yep. Absolutely. Oh, you know, the first time I heard no one is coming to save you from um, what's his name? Um, the can't hurt me guy Goggins. Yeah, that that was the first guy that finally told like I was suffering and I was crying and I was feeling bad for myself. And and I hated that I had to say no to more cops that needed my help. And <clears throat> I heard his voice say, no one is coming to save you, Dina get your ass up and fucking figure it out Boom. so you can get well and help more people. Boom. Huge. Boom. Right. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, we have to take the oxygen mask first. I, I'm no good to anybody. We are no good to anybody if we're not taking care of ourselves first. And guess what? I hate to say it, but the department isn't going to do it for nope. you. Hell no. No. Right, your spouse isn't going to do it for you. Your neighbors aren't going to do it for you. They're going to pat you on the back and say "good job," or they're going to criticize your work, but they're certainly not going to make sure you take care of yourself. And Dina, I wonder, you know, and if you can comment on this, I'd really love to hear this. But let me just ask you this: I would go as far as to say that our leaders, our leaders, they're the most fucked up out of all of us. Think about it; they've been doing this job 25, 30 years. They need to get the fuck out. And they Girl. perpetuate our problems. <laughs> Girl, we could go on for another hour on that topic alone. Let me tell what did, you. What did I do bringing the two of you together? <laughs> yeah, what did you, do? you started something, Rich. You started something. I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with leaders and I had to turn it into money to them to get them to actually get off their ass and do something for their department and their guys. And I'm sick to death of going to a department after another fucking suicide. Yeah. Yep. And that's when they want to act. Oh, that's when they want to do suicide prevention training. That's when they want to spend thousands of dollars on having a therapist come in yep. and make suggestions. No, 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 no. You missed the fucking boat. You needed it five years ago exactly. when your staff was dying and, and, and asking you to help them. Yes. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm, and you know, I'm I think Dina froze. I think your camera froze. I will tell you with what she was saying though, with the suicides in the agencies, oh man, we we can't rely on the agencies. No, we can't, can't rely on command staff. We can't no. rely on. That's on us. If yeah. you find yourself in a bad spot, there are more resources now available than ever yeah. before. And I am damn proud of our organization. Not not to pat ourselves on the back, but you should pat yourself. On but the back. literally, we we took on this initiative that we never planned on taking on. And we simply put our phone number out there. We opened up our inboxes and we said, if somebody wants to talk, we don't need to know your name. We don't need to know your agency. Let us try to help. 
And we've had a lot of success by people just simply venting, simply opening up. And, you know, Richard, it's, it, I do the same thing. I actually, I have a group. Um, it, it, it's a small paid membership, but anyways, it's all full of, it's full of cops and that's what they do. We just have each other at a bitch and vent and everyone says, thank God for you guys. I just needed to come in. I need to, I needed to just bitch and let it all out. And I know I'm not going to get jammed up the ass now. Like I'm fine. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't encourage, I really don't encourage uh, some of the agency peer support teams that no, include, no. that, that include, I, I have to preface this, that include command staff, supervisors, yeah. Yeah. and affairs, things like that. However, there are agencies that have smaller teams of good people that have, you know, instilled the trust and the confidence and they can detach. Yeah. And they have been very successful, but it's on us. I mean, we have to reach out, support each other, recognize certain signs of each other and push those people if we can just to get the help. Um, Dina, what were you saying? Uh, you're getting a lot of praise in the comments, by the way, for helping out CHP. Yes, you are. Oh, amazing. I, it's an honor. It truly is an honor and a privilege to be welcomed and be a welcome um, support and help. I never want to be that one that they're like, oh, don't talk to her. Here she comes. You know, I'm on the side of the officer and I will do whatever it takes to end suffering, whatever mm -hmm. it takes. Mm -hmm. and, and and I'm thankful that um departments and especially chp they're doing such a good job they're doing a much better job with rallying around their officers and um gaining a lot more traction with their peer support team and you know they include me in in their peer support responses but i have a much um different obligation my obligation is to not only my license but my uh, the officers I serve. So I get the suspicion or the fear of, of peer supporters being in the pocket of administration. From my experience, that's, that's not what I see. Uh, peer supporters genuinely just want to help their fellow officers. Sure, and I will tell you, uh, touching upon the, the therapist or the counselor route, what we found, and I could say personally, uh, some of the advice I've shared and received back is, you need to find the fit for you. So yes. if you go to a counselor, if you go to a therapist and there's no connection, no trust, no fitting, I move on. You yeah, exactly. Will, you need to find somebody that gets you, that understands you, that you, you vibe with, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. And trust your gut, trust your gut. Yeah, for it's so, and, and I say that all the time. Well, I, you know, we trust our gut on the job, but we're not doing it off the job. Yana, thank you for your uh, your dad. Uh, the comment over here, my dad's a supervisor on peer support, and so many yes. people go to him. That's awesome. Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. So. Yeah. I don't know. I just I just figured I'd randomly uh, do this live real quick, and I'm glad you were able to jump on, Dina. Autumn, I appreciate you jumping on. Yes. I just wanted to touch on the mindset because. Everything I see on social media right now is negative. Every single thing. We actually had we had a member of the media uh, recently send us a private message. I hope you guys are doing okay. Everything that you guys have been posting has been heavy. You know? Yeah. It's it's tough. So it's on us. It is on us. It is tough. And and I will say I will say that um, 
you know, people kind of get pissy a little bit with me because when you come to my page, you know, it's Officer Autumn, so you expect to see a ton of, you know, what's going on in law enforcement. But the way that I look at it is I've created an environment, and I know, Rich, I know that you guys do this, and Dina, I haven't seen your profile, but I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be uh, following you immediately after this. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but the thing is, is I try to keep it, I want people to come and look and be like, okay, let me get sucked in and not be like the officer who had to delete their social media accounts. I think we really need to be paying attention to that. Like we are, we, we could be the ones perpetuating it. If we're constantly sharing right. all the shit that's going on, it's like, like all the negative stuff. It's like, wait a minute, let's, let's really, you know, let's think about who's following us. And it's our, it's our fellow brothers and sisters on the front lines and they need reprieve. And whether they know it or not, I want to be the person who's giving them the reprieve. You know what I'm saying? Just by looking at my shit, they're like, all right, I'm thinking about something else now, which is good. That's what we need. Exactly. It's a tough place to be in when you're a public servant, you know, and, and you'll find on my page, you know, I, I separated for a little bit. I have another page, first responder to first responders. And honestly, I'm sick and tired of dividing my life. Like, yeah. I, this is who I am. This is what I do. These are the other things I love. You know, I don't, I don't represent a department or an agency. Yes, I'm a public servant, but I'm speaking for myself. And, and I'm very, very cautious to share all of the information on the backside that I, I encounter. Cause a lot of this stuff I know and do is, is confidential information. So I have to wait to see what gets published um, unfortunately, um, and then share that way. For instance, you know, mm -hmm. with the San Diego police officers that were just um, killed in a wrong way driver, uh, husband and wife detectives with the San Diego Police Department were just killed. And I knew before it was announced, but of course I couldn't say anything because I had to wait, right. you know, right. and so it's, it's tough. I, I don't, um, I don't use my page as a unfortunately not yet use it as a page to encourage um officers and other first responders right right now i'm still sort of hanging low like how do i integrate all of this together i'm not sure you will though you, you'll figure it out thank you it's taken me years ah <laughs> uh, and i'm so glad you're doing it i can't wait to see your page and hear your podcast i'm so excited to meet um a fellow warrior in the wellness uh mission Likewise. And you know what I really love to do is I'm, I'm, I'm actually compiling um, a resources page and so on my website. So I want to get your information and Rich, as always, always, you know, want your organization's information. So because um, I want to just circle back around. I just have one last question. Rich, you said that like you like so does your organizations, are, they, are you still offering um, the ability for our officers to call and just talk or like 100 percent? We've got uh, some of our volunteers have actually taken some training and mm -hmm. it's more than just coaching or just peer support. They've actually taken some legitimate training in different sort of critical incident stress debriefing, peer support, trauma, things like that. And what we found is when people call, yeah. they need to be, there's a personal preference. So yeah. we'll have a call from somebody that wants to talk to a female. We'll have a call that somebody wants to talk to a male. We'll have somebody that prefers to talk to somebody who's retired. We'll have somebody that prefers to talk to somebody who's got military experience. Mm. And we can't offer it all, but we, with our small organization, we've been able to find that fit. And we've even gone outside of our organization. 
for example, we had somebody that had a, uh, I think how to say this, they had a, they had some combat experience overseas, and then they were involved in a shooting. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to talk to somebody that had that level of experience overseas to compare and contrast. Mm -hmm. We didn't have somebody in our organization that fit that need, but we knew somebody outside of our organization that did. And it's like what you said with building resources. You just have to bridge the gap, connect the dots, tie two and two together, and just unite people. Sure. It's all about getting people help. If you're brave enough and strong enough to reach out and say, hey, I want to talk, I want to get some help, Yeah, we have to We have to help those people get the yeah. help that they need. Yes. Yeah. You know, we, we, we don't care. Team South Florida, we, we don't care where you work, what agency you are, what your name is, what your experience is. If you're a first responder, you need help, we have got to get you help, and that's it. We, yeah. We've got firefighters reach out. I don't know a damn thing about being a firefighter, but I've got a handful of firefighters that have been through a lot, a lot of stuff, and I am very quick to say, hold on a second, are you okay if I send you over to this person? This person touches base with this person, and there you go, now you've got a contact. I mean, that's, and that's what it's about. I, have a, I want to just tell you too, we should really talk because maybe, maybe my coach, you know, I certified first, first responders to be coaches. You know what I'm saying? And I have, I have a firefighter, uh, actually he's a coach and I know, I mean, that guy's been through some shit and he was a captain or he was a chief in the battalion. I don't know anyways, but I'm just saying like, yeah, we should definitely uh, connect. But like, I also want to have, you know, I want to have, it's Dina, right? Deanna? Yes. Dina. Okay. Dina, I want to have Dina. I want to have you too because I mean, hello. We all need a doc. Maybe we can get together and talk about. Um, you know, I think we kind of need to start a little bit of a, an awareness and initiative for our administrations that really need to teach them. You know what we can do. Get in. You know, I don't know. It's just about changing the culture. But I you're, think we. Uh, you're a brave. You're a braver person than me with that. Um, I'm at the point right now where I want to tackle going from the bottom on up mm -hmm. because. From the top on down is where a lot of the stress and problems are coming from. Yes, 100. So I'd like to leave some of those toxic ones just retire, get out of the way. Yeah. Let the good people move up and take their spots. That's right. Yeah. And well, you know, right, just as an aside, Rich, um, I'm I'm more than happy to provide any kind of you know um, training or you know just for for free, just a, like an hour long training if you're need if you're needing to get more. Um, first responders to be able to answer the phone and provide support. I'm more than happy to help in any way that I can. Love that. All right. We will talk to you all soon. Be safe. And thank you to those who uh, tuned in and watched. Yes. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Love you. Be safe. In closing, thank you to Autumn. Thank you to Dina. Thanks for those who tuned in and provided comments and everything. This was a really nice change of pace. It was nice to cover something positive. And it just goes to show you that Five separate situations from five separate people, separate individual law enforcement officers. And at the end of the day, we are in control of our own mindset, our own positivity. And it's up to us. We cannot rely on agencies. We cannot rely on command staff. We cannot rely on other people to get us to where we need to be. We like to make it a point to not just say we will never forget, but demonstrate we will never forget. We like to honor an officer that was killed in the line of duty on the same date as the podcast episodes. It is currently June 5th, 2021. We're going to go back to June 5th, 1985.
Police Officer Johnny Corbin of the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department in Missouri was intentionally run down by a subject after issuing him a $4 street cleaning violation. Officer Corbin was driving a tri-car at the time and had driven further down the street when the suspect got into his car and intentionally drove into the vehicle at a high rate of speed. The suspect got out of the car and began kicking Officer Corbin until a bystander subdued the man and held him for authorities. The subject was ultimately sentenced to life in prison. In March 2014, the 72-year-old suspect at the time was denied parole for the sixth time. Officer Corbin was a U.S. Marine Corps veteran. He is survived by his mother, his daughter, and he was 42 years young. May he never be forgotten.